Hi, this is Dave Perry and you're watching Retro Gaming Revival Live. Good evening everybody, it is Wednesday, a slightly earlier time of quarter to eight, and it is Retro Gaming Revival Live. How are we? Are we all good? Mm. Yeah, all good. Excellent. Excellent. Mm -hmm. Right, let's do a quick whip round of where we are and who we've got. So joining us this evening, we have Mr. Triangle Face Tim. Hello. Hey, we have Mr. All Elite Ryan. Evening. We have Vanilla Dorbs, even though he never puts Vanilla in front of that name anymore, but it's always going to be said. Yep, greetings. Uh, Mr. Blunders might join us later. He might be fashionably <laughs> late. We'll see how that goes. I think, he, I think um, he's on the toilet at the minute. So. <laughs> we'll have to come up with some sort of funky illness if he doesn't. We'll, um, we'll think, <laughs> yeah. of we'll think of something. Yeah. He, could, he could actually be missing, and we're going to look back on this and be like, oh <laughs> yeah. my god, we were laughing, and he yeah. might be on like the next Netflix documentary, yeah. which you know we shouldn't joke about, so, you know, Hope you're out there, Where's Blunners, somewhere. It'll be the, 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 be news, the Netflix show. Where's Blunners? <laughs> like Richie Manick just disappeared. Anyway, right, before we digress immediately into a tangent, joining us this evening, our guest of honor this evening, is the absolutely wonderful Retro Faith. Thank you so, so much for joining us, and welcome to our little slice of the internet. Hello, thank Hello. you for welcoming me. I, I'm, I love it. I love doing the podcast, so, uh, yeah, it's going to be exciting. Excellent. And how are you doing? Are you all good? I'm very well, thank you. It's very, very busy. We have lots of gaming stuff, and uh, yeah, very hot as well. Very it hot. It's, I don't know if it's like this for every. Well, it will be for the other lads because we live quite close to each other. But it's the weather has kind of. We've had a good rain session this last couple of days, so mm. it's kind of the temperature has like dropped quite considerably. So it's um, yeah, it's not quite like the Tunisian desert anymore, and it's sort of more it's... like Britain in summer now. It's still very muggy, though. It's yeah. it's very muggy. Yeah. It's horrible. Yeah, we can run with that. Um, right, so let's get straight into it because uh, we've got a whole bunch of uh, normal sort of stuff that we like to ask everybody that, as they come on. And this is your first time on, so we have to go through the the, uh, the the standard question that we ask every guest when they come on first off. So, Faith, you're... Early gaming memories. What is it that sort of your earliest gaming memory that sort of really brought you into this this wonderful world of video games? All right, it's split into two. That question. So my earliest gaming memory, if I remember, it was like a pong machine. God knows what one it was. I can't remember. It's literally when I was very, very, very young. It was all like three or four, and I think my cousin gave my older brother one. You know, just like the pong, tennis, all that sort of stuff. Um, but apart from that, we had a we, we then got a Commodore sixty four, which again I was a little tiny, teeny tiny bit too young to play, but I kind of remember it. Uh, but it was all about the Mega Drive for me. Uh, Christmas ninety one, Sonic, 
Mega Drive. We got that. And um, that was it. Just fell in love instantly with that little blue hedgehog. And I've never looked back. Amazing. So were you always Sega kind of through that period? Or did you sort of dip into Nintendo as well? Or was it... Because normally in that sort of era, most of us, we all sort of had one console and you kind of stuck with it. We weren't lucky like we are now where we can kind of go multi-console. It was just... And at that point, it was you either Sega or Nintendo, and the odd the odd person was Amiga. Um, I yeah, no, I was most I, yeah, I'd say ninety nine percent Sega. I did get an N sixty four because I really wanted to play GoldenEye when that came out, and and the Zelda game when that came out because I liked that. So I did I, I I I did digress ever so slightly to the N sixty four. I I no, I had a I don't you know I wasn't I'm Sega. But I, I, I got a SNES when Killer Instinct came out because I played it in the arcade. I'm more of an arcade. I wouldn't say Sega. I said I'm arcade. I, yeah. I lived and breathed in arcades. And when I went home, I just wanted to play Sonic. Uh, mm-hmm. And then when then when the thing... So then much later, I got a, a, Killer, a Killer Instinct on the Super Nintendo. So I saved up money for that. Then went straight to Saturn when that came out. Didn't like the PlayStation. I just didn't like the controller. Straight to Saturn. Um, then, then yeah, then digressed to N64 for a bit when the Saturn kind of dried up. And then, yep. boom, November 98 in Japan, they released Dreamcast, and that was it. That was so it. I don't think I've ever heard someone say they don't like the PlayStation controller. No. That's yeah, no, it's not because no. it's bad. I, I've just got really long, stupid fingers, and I just can't get a grip around that bottom bit, a good handle in it. Yeah. I, I just can't, and, and then my thumbs overhang the the, the the analog sticks on it. So like, so when, when that come out, and that's why I prefer Xbox because it's a bit more spread out. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just a pers- it's just it's oh, just yeah, a comfortable yeah, you, thing. It, yeah, it's a good it, controller. It, 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 yeah, it just threw me a bit because I don't think I've ever heard someone say, "Oh, I don't like the PlayStation controller." It's like, wow. Yeah, I like the games. I mean, PlayStation was great. So many great games on it, and my, my, my mates had one. But I just, I just when I play it, I was like, uh, I guess I, I, I was stupid and got a Saturn. The one thing I do think about the PlayStation, looking back, is at the time, like, just I love the PlayStation. Like, the there was a lot of like 3D platform games and things like that when it first came out. Because Crash Bandicoot One was really good, really popular, successful game. But then there was like loads of these 3D games, and I really feel like they missed a trick where they completely ignored like 2D platformers and things like that. Because those games are still good. They did make a bit of resurgence, and you do get some good stuff now. But I'm sure we'll cover Sonic a lot as well because you mentioned Sonic as well as one of your first like favourite games but I kind of feel like when Sonic kind of goes off the rails a bit because there's a period where you had all these 3D Sonic games mm. there's a few exceptions you know Sonic um, Adventure and things like that were pretty yeah. good but there's a few not so good Sonic games um, mm. and I love just a few <laughs> <laughs> I, would, I would like to get your opinion on all of those but then when you know recently it's come back to form and you've got the 2D games it shows you you know actually what would have been oh, yeah. really good at that time is just have the high res graphics but still 2D and that would have been mm-hmm. fine but I think the games companies then were just like they didn't want to do that they're just like no we can do 3D so we ha- everything has to be 3D now can you blame them though people didn't want to buy it. people had 2D games didn't they on 8 bit 16 yeah that's bit. true yeah mm-hmm. but it's Definitely. a shame really because it, 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 there was a good there, we could have had some good continuation of those sonic games i, feel, I think as well though you are right most most especially especially sony and uh, and mostly and, and then nintendo with the n64 that they were just gunning for this 3d technology but when you actually d- 
dive deep into some of the Japanese libraries for those games, there's still plenty of great 2D ones, especially on the Saturn. Like there's so many good 2D shooters on the Saturn and on the PlayStation that they just didn't get released over it because the market was geared and marketed towards look at Lara Croft, look at Metal Gear Solid, look at those and that's it. It was just that those games just fell out of fashion. But they was actually there. And mm -hmm. when you look back, like retrospectively, which I do all the time, you find that those games still play wonderfully, whereas the 3D games sometimes play a bit poorly but yeah i mean yeah. i like i like the fact that we can look back at that time and think they were trying new things they were pushing mm -hmm. the boundary of technology and i think it was better for them to do that than just stick with what they knew because that's what that's what you know that's where we are now isn't it like i mean don't get me wrong yeah. 2d games are popular but they're very much indie and under the radar a lot of the time or you mm -hmm. know yeah the odd good one pops up here and there but at the end of the day mm -hmm. they had to do it at some point but they had 3d grass i mean the first 3d fully 3d game like proper one that was like obviously ridge racer namco that was the first mm -hmm. proper one where actually you could actually say that's all 3d and very quickly things like daytona and that started virtual cop started coming out like proper 3d yeah. games and then uh yeah well i think it was great that they tried it on the console so early um yeah it looking back that way. Yeah. yeah like you say trying it that bit earlier kind of gives you the 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 i guess the, the footing and the grounding for things like ps2 when the 3d graphics were oh yeah. wow this is a noticeable difference i think we've, we've said it on on a couple of podcasts before but that that jump from playstation to playstation 2 was astronomically big it was that that first not the first time i think every system that came out up to that sort of era and maybe the ps3 360 type era you know you'd see the new games you'd see the new systems and you genuinely would go wow look at the look at that jump that is a huge graphical jump um yeah, and i'll tell you what a lot of it is when i speak to developers and i talk about that time most of them have said to me it wasn't that the tech wasn't making the good 3d games it was just that they're all so used to making games in 2d it was them having to learn the good in 3d so then by the time they got to like things like dreamcast ps2 gamecube and all that they actually had the tools ready and actually know how to use them with the new technology as well so yep. it wasn't just the bump in the graphics cards and the sound and all that stuff it was actually the developers themselves they had to have that 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 kind of breaking point of we've got to kind of wean ourselves off of 2d and use these playstations and saturns and n64s to mm -hmm. get to how to learn how to make them i was speaking to a developer the other day who made a, P, a very famous pc game and i asked him why didn't you because and the game came out about 96 and i said why didn't you jump to 3d at that point why did you keep with the 2d and the guy just said i'll be honest with you i was running a company all of my artists had absolutely no idea how to do 3d graphics and these are clever people but they just had no idea and we'd have to spend all that time training them when really we should we, what, what they decided was stick to what they know knowing they were going to be behind but getting a successful game out so it was that is the bigger part of it more than the tech itself because a lot of people say oh the graphics are rubbish on playstation and saturn when you look at them now it's like yeah because the developers just didn't know how to make them look good mm -hmm. It right, takes just, a little bit of time, doesn't it, for... Um, just when before you get we do that, Tim, I've got, to, I've got to interrupt you there, Tim. I've got to interrupt right. you. We've just had a, just had a, a, a news, news just in. I think Dorb's putting that number <laughs> out in the, in the chat. I think we, we've managed to locate Blunners. We've managed, it, here he is. He's been found. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I've made it. I've made it. Sorry. Excellent. No, don't worry, buddy. We put a number out. You know, we were worried that Avenue might have come in you know nicked you or something you know everyone was very concerned very very concerned cancel the netflix talk. documentary there goes <laughs> yeah. my paycheck yeah it'll be a very short series won't it 
We didn't, we didn't make <laughs> any jokes episode. about you being missing It'll whatsoever. Be a trailer. Don't worry. No, I know. I'll, I'll catch up later. But yeah, I was here about <laughs> 52. I was just about five minutes late. No worries. Okay. So everyone in the chat, we can all calm down. Our blunders is Co- coaching, yeah, coaching the children. <laughs> Excellent. Um, right, Tim. No, sorry, I, 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 yeah, you miss uh, no, no problem. I was just going to say, um, like when you get a new console, often you do you, you get like the first few games don't really push it to its limit, and it takes a while before you get those games. You're like, oh, actually, this is what the system can do. Then, um, in terms of graphical leaps as well, you mentioned like the the leap from like Mega Drive to PlayStation obviously that's the one that stands out the most but it did make me think as well I can remember when the 360 I think came out and there was a trailer that came out I think it was around Christmas there was a trailer for Gears of War I can remember mm-hmm. watching the Gears, first Gears of War trailer and thinking actually this looks pretty decent I might have to mm-hmm. get on this Xbox thing because uh, I never had an Xbox uh, the, the first Xbox I think I jumped in at Xbox 360 because I saw that trailer for Gears of War I was like yeah this looks pretty good mm-hmm. I can't yeah. remember which um, which journalism outlet it was, but it the, it was used on the front of the Gears of War box, and I think it just said that this is the best looking video game of all time. And I think at the time it was sort of yeah, I, I could kind of agree with that. I mean, m- a lot of my mates have always been PC gaming, and their and the graphics were always very good. But I think even they were jealous of Gears of War. That was the that was yeah. one of the big shifts. I think that PS3, Xbox 360 moment was where the consoles and the PC suddenly went like that. Because I, I remember I got into PC gaming around the sort of 2000, 2001. I, was, I had a, a gaming PC then. And compared to watching my friends play games on their PlayStation 2s, and I went home and played Max Payne or something on my PC or Counter-Strike or something, I was just laughing going, PC Master Race. But I yeah. think that point... The 360 PS3 is where it kind of, it kind of. Obviously, PCs are always going to be better just because the tech moves so quick. But yeah. just actual what you actually just just day to day visualizations. I think that's where. Well, they are just PCs now, aren't they? When you open them up, you see a graphics card, you see a hard drive. It's mm-hmm. all just the same as a PC. So, yeah, yeah that is the matter. You're right. The Gears of War game. That was. When I remember seeing that and just being like looking, watching my friend play it when he brought it home from work or something, and I was just like, whoa, what is this? Yeah, it looked amazing. Yeah. Still, mine, I still think it does. It runs so really mine was well, cooler. Yeah. Mine was Call of Duty Two on 360. That was yep. my gate. I got that with uh, day one when I got it, and um, that just blew me away. Just how graphically, how good it was. Just unbelievable. It was the beach landing for that, wasn't yeah. it? I think that was uh, that was the bit that a lot mate. of people were like. Oh. <laughs> yeah, brilliant. Yeah, I remember that being on Medal of Honor on the PC though. I remember playing that that beach landing bit and being blown away by that. But then looking back at it now, nobody's really got any faces. There's about four enemies attacking you. But at the time, it was like, oh, my God, I am on D-Day. This is is phenomenal. Yeah, it's funny, that, isn't it? Because there's lots of games that that we look back on and think. And I remember thinking at the time, you know, graphics are never going to get any better than this. And, you know, GoldenEye was one of those. And you look back on it now, you're like, oh my god, it looks like Piers Brosnan. It looks nothing <laughs> like Piers Brosnan. His face is like a triangle. He's like Pyramid Head from flipping Silent Hill. Um, and yeah, it just, yeah, graphics were, I mean, they were good at the time. But yeah, if I could go back then and just kind of be like, yeah, give it 20 years, mate. This is what it's going to look like. I think yeah, I'd have just yeah. lost my mind. Yeah, I, I saw a tech demo of the new Unreal Engine unreal something or other five point who knows what the hell it's called mm-hmm. 5.2x or whatever and i was watching it on on my computer today and i was just like 
Like they're yeah. doing this water thing. I thought I was watching a David Attenborough documentary as they're doing his water <laughs> effects and there's a little fish in it. And I'm just like, that's a computer. And I'm literally just like, is that a computer game? I'm having to go in closer and it just looks... It's just... It's, it's getting hard now to tell what's real life. I yeah. think it's funny now that they used to always put the things in the adverts. If you watch a game trailer, there's a little disclaimer at the bottom that says, like, not in-game footage. Like, this is mm. a cutscene sort of thing. And then now it's the other way around. They're like, this is in-game footage, by the way. Like, this is... This yeah, is this is what it looks like. like. Otherwise, you do think people might assume that's a tri- that's just the cutscene. It's like, no, this is in-game. But this is what it's yeah. going to look like. It's like, wow, it's, it's definitely keeps jumping forward, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, dragging it back to, like, the retro sort of stuff, seeing those cutscenes on that original PS1. I remember Soul Blade being the one where I was like, oh, my God. I can't wait till graphics look like that, and it kind of yeah, we've surpassed that now. We've like we're long gone, yeah. you know, yeah. days of seeing the you know the Super Mario box art and thinking like, oh my god, I wish it looked like the box art. It's like it couldn't look any better than the box art now. It's yeah, we've we've really hit that sort of peak of gaming. It's now kind of going into a, I guess it's all sort of about load times now, ray tracing and you know improving the the visuals now rather than necessarily the graphics and the output and stuff. It's yeah. it's I mad. It's great that we still kind of got that. Oh, you did the different 16-bit and 32-bit era stuff. Still looks good, and like mm-hmm. it, it's more of an art style now, isn't it? Really, than like that's at the time it was just that's the best they could do. Now it feels like that is just like an art style to try and use, mm-hmm. and you can get some really good sort of like you know when they've redone some of the Sonic games, things like, like Sonic Mania. It was it was I think a really good. Or like when they've redone things like Streets of Rage, and it's just yeah. like it's still. You know, it's not like trying to look realistic. It's cartoony, but it has that real, real sharpness to it now. It's just the same sort of style animations on it, but just sharper. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because what amazed me back in the day was uh, Resident Evil 2 playing out on the PS1. And the bit with the liquor, you see him on the ceiling, <laughs> goes into like FMV and then he flops down. I was like, wow, this, is a, this cannot get any better. And you watch it now, it's like, that's bloody crap. That's terrible. Yeah. Tab I think it was for me. Play, playing a football game, I think FIFA 97 was the first one out of PS1 and having commentary on a football yeah. game. Oh, yeah. It's like, oh my yeah. god, John Motson and Andy Gray are commentating <laughs> on, on my game. Yeah. And then eventually you realise they just repeat the same kind of things, but to start with, it's, yeah, blew me away that did. No, my favourite was on Pro Evolution Soccer, yeah, Trevor Brookin. It was like, yes, Trevor Brookin. <laughs> Legend. <laughs> Oh uh, yeah, but that was true though. Like some of the football games, I mean, FIFA. As much as now it's a, I'm not going to say it's a joke because it's one of the biggest selling fo- games ever, st- even today. But it, back then, they were always at the forefront of the graphics, and you'd always look to the new FIFA or the new Pro Evolution to be where a graphics up to. And I think that was for me. It was always as soon as it come out, day one. I don't care if I'm spending forty quid on the same thing again. I want to see how much better they've made the pitches and the crowd and the commentary as it improved and all that stuff. And the go- it was always looking at the nets, how realistic were the nets? Because remember the first 3D FIFA games when it hit the net, it just went up like a triangle, like not the whole <laughs> net rip. Nowadays, it's like the whole thing ripples, doesn't it? You're like, that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. FIFA is one of the only games where the crowd design went backwards. Because you remember on the 16-bit game, you had little people in the crowd on the FIFA 95. And then yeah. when we went to PlayStation, it was just a block of colour, wasn't it? Was the, yeah, like bitmaps. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was always that always disappointed me. But obviously nowadays it's yeah, it's like 
thousands of people there. It's oh, yeah, now they're all individual 3D models and stuff. It's insane, isn't it? It's yeah. insane how much detail they put into those those things. Yeah, but but graphics are interesting. I mean, I, 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 I still, I've never really been one for graphics personally. I know it's easy to say, but I, I really haven't because I've always been about gameplay. I'm into my fighting games, and I don't really care what the graphics look like on a fighting game as long as the, as long as the controls are good and the moves are good and you can sit there and get good at it and things like that. I've, I'm never really one of these people that's like, oh, my God, must buy the latest Call of Duty or whatever to see all the graphics. I, I am really have always been just about, you know, how does a game play? So even back then on the sort of the really really kind of you know the, the the days of the ps1 and stuff I, I yeah the graphic i always knew the graphics were rubbish but i didn't care like games like hogs of war and stuff were just so playable you know you've got these little square pigs that don't even look like pigs and things it was just just amazing <laughs> to play and you can still play over and over and a lot of it's about imagination i think with games today we've lost that ability to have imagination like i remember playing games on things like commodore 64 and like little stick men and stuff and you have to you have to look at the box art and go, okay, so this is supposed to be an egg with a hat on. Okay, and then you look at your screen and you're like, okay, and then you imagine it. And then I think we started losing that a bit the last sort of 10, 15 years where the graphics have just got so good. It doesn't leave anything to imagination. And I think that's where I don't mind looking at old. I still play a game called Cool Boulders on the PlayStation 1. Yep. Um, very rudimentary snowboarding game. You know, things like SSX blowing out the water now and all that sort of stuff. But back then like the graphics are very blocky and that but it was still i had to use my imagination a bit so when i imagine where i was on the course and stuff and i kind of missed that with games i missed that ability mm. no it's interesting so just before we dive into our next topic of question uh hello to everyone that's watching on faith stream faith is also uh, streaming this to her twitch channel so hello everyone over there hey. everyone's hello. having a good time um so yes, yeah, so our next question. Um, I've just is, got yeah. an update, Ollie. Sorry to interrupt. I know you, you've got a question, but and um, big news: James is back in the pub tonight, watching our stream. So um, look at yeah, that. Thank you for joining us. He's in the pub Wi-Fi. God, look look <laughs> yeah. at you, you, you Wi-Fi abuser, you. <laughs> Not using his own Wi-Fi or own electricity like us jumps. God, dear. Is yeah. he going to win pool tonight, though? When I met him up in Nottingham not so long ago, he told me he was a pool champion, and then he lost to some old boy in the pub. So, um, you know, let us know, James, <laughs> how are you getting on if you're in that pub? I'm just if interested in what Wii U game he's playing. <laughs> you said there's a bit of a trend there, wrong. Didn't you say he was a sensible soccer champion, and then you managed to beat him at sensible soccer? <laughs> Well, I've mentioned that one or two times on the stream. <laughs> James did tell me he was in the top ten in the world at sensible soccer, and I beat him at OLL. So, um, yeah. wow, unbelievable! Uh, unbelievable. Giant killings. It is. You've got to be it careful was. what you say. Sometimes there's always someone ready there to kind of take that. I think. Yeah, Ryan saw that opportunity. Um, okay, so our next question is another one again that we do ask. Uh, we do ask everybody. Um, I've got a feeling I know what system you're going to say. Uh, the game, I think, could be up for grabs. So, it is your favourite game, your favourite system, and they don't have to be... Your favourite game doesn't have to be on your favourite system. It can just be... Uh, yeah. Whichever yeah, one. okay, yeah. If, we, if we're just talking... I mean, uh, yeah. Dreamcast, 100%. You know, just it's, 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 it's yeah. what I love. I love it. Um, yeah, for so many reasons. 
the game's just very arcadey. It was the, to me, it was the last what I call proper console. That's not to, not to say that modern consoles aren't proper consoles. It's just more the games were like I remember arcade games, short games, take a few hours to complete. You got to keep getting good at it, keep continuing. Mm-hmm. You know, loads of really high quality fighting games. And I'm not yep. just saying that because it's my favourite system. If anyone that plays fighting games like to a, a decent standard will know the Dreamcast and its arcade stick is just right up yeah. there. Um, also, the crazy peripherals, all the the things like the fishing rod they really nailed it with that the semen um semen game with the microphone karaoke <laughs> machines oh. uh, also the fact that it wasn't the first console to get online there was i mean i've studied the history of getting consoles online and the first one was actually the intellivision but we're going to that another time but actually it was the first console with proper games online with fantasy star online it really 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 nailed it as an actual was because p- before PC Master Race was like, yeah, but we've got online gaming and we've had it for ages, like forever, which they did. And the Dreamcast come in and went, we've done it. Look, we can do it just as good. Uh, Favorite game? Uh, If I say it, people will be like, what on earth are you talking about? It's a PC game called Heroes of Might Magic 2. It's not Sonic, yay! You know, shock horror. <laughs> um, it's not. It's it's it's, it's a it's a turn based strategy game. I'm a massive massive strategy game nerd. Uh, all the Command and Conquer, Civilizations, Age of Empires, anything like that. And my favourite one is Heroes of Might and Magic Two, which is um, it's a turn based strategy game, four by strategy game, and uh, it's got you know big dragons that fight each other and all this I, sort I of didn't stuff. I played Magic Two, um, but I sunk loads of hours into Heroes of Might and Magic Three. Yeah, that's just, that's just as good. Yeah, it was so good. It, I, just, I think it was the I used to play um, a little bit of the the campaign stuff, but it was mostly multiplayer. Online, up. Yeah, we still so. play it now today. On I, 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 I play, I play, I play Russians. I play Russians. I was playing a Russian this morning on Heroes of Magic Two, and he beat me, and I'm just like, <laughs> yeah, we still play it today. Yeah, as well. Actually, my brother, me and my brother and friends would play it a lot. We'd have like that turn based thing where like you'd, sit, you'd have to sit down at the pc and have your turn while like, hot seat yeah and then you swap over it's like oh my because your go would take a while right you'd be there like building up your town oh yeah you build you you, you build up suspense by taking taking your time or they're like what are you doing what are you doing it's like just taking my time you know you go even though you've done everything you need to do you're just like i'm just gonna sit here for a bit make, make, make them think i'm planning something <laughs> you kind of need to have another game running at the same time because when it's not your turn you could be waiting a while because your turns take so long to do everything. Yeah, yeah. there is an etiquette like on, on, online now though. We've that, that they've sort of developed it enough that you've got like a bit like chess, where you, some chess games you've got a time limit, yeah, where you can have up to three minutes to do your move and stuff. We've got mm-hmm. things like that built into the software where it's all private servers and stuff now, so we can say you've only got like you can set the time like you've got two minutes or three minutes, and the clock only stops if you go into a battle. Okay, oh, yeah. Yeah. exciting. So with Dreamcast being your favourite then, what would you say is the best? Because, and like you say, it's got some really wacky peripherals. What would you mm. say is the best one? Because it's, <laughs> I've always, I've always thought that this, uh, you, you mentioned semen, so we can't, we're going to have to dive into that. Yeah. Possibly the strangest, most bizarre game I have ever, se- I don't own it and I've never played it, but it's seeing people play it and watch them play it is just odd. <laughs> <laughs> is it this one? Is it this one? Let's Google that. Is it? Is it this don't, Samba? Don't, don't, Google, don't Google semen, do dwarves your um. Yeah, semen. I mean, I mean, um, the w- most wacky one. I want to see. I want to see Samba Di Amigo, but actually, all that did was start a craze for rhythm games. So it's probably not the wackiest one. The most mm-hmm. wackiest one is probably. Let's have a look. I've got, I've got loads of them here. Let's have a think. The most wackiest one. Hmm. 
Oh, I don't know. It's probably it's it's probably the I the thing is the karaoke wasn't a new thing because other Sega machines had karaoke, so that's not even that wacky. That was wacky. I don't, the fishing rod was quite new. <clears throat> the fishing yeah. rod was a new thing. I think. I think if we're looking like because they don't really make them much anymore. When that came out, people were like, "What? You can like throw it like a fishing rod?" Yeah. It yeah. was like, "Yeah." And like when people play in people's heads, they're like, "What?" And when you first played it, you were like, "I don't even care about fishing, but I want to do this all day long." So maybe that was because it, it quickly went out of fashion, um, and only one company really kind of made them. ASCII. Yeah. And we don't really have them now. I mean, I know they did one on the Wii, but that wasn't really a fishing rod. That was more just using the Wii controller with the motion control. It wasn't quite the same. I don't know. Yeah. The wackiest one. There's so many strange ones. I mean, if, if I start getting proper weird, you've got things like, uh, you know, zip drives that they were going to add to it and things like this, like just weird and just um, they're going to do like a DVD player and all that sort of stuff. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I think the fishing rod's probably the one that... It's probably was was at the time probably the strangest because it was like why would you do this for fishing, yeah, and actually make yeah. it like that. It was so it was so clever. I remember I used to have the fishing rod and like my mate went so man he'd end up snapping it off in his hand. I was fuming. Was like, oh man, you well, couldn't really get you couldn't really get hold of them. They weren't like that easy to get hold of. But yeah, you ended up snapping my bloody fishing rod trying to reel it in. Shocking. they had some crazy i mean even the vmu you could class that as a little bit wacky yeah. because like yeah. you know it's like yeah. a little game boy that you download games to also is your memory card you know oh. the playstation did it uh you know that, that, that they released the pocket station quickly soon after. i mean that was a bit wacky no one really yeah. went back to that kind of idea except for the gamecube where you can plug your Game Boy Advance into a few games and stuff. Yeah, that's it. The VMU, that's a bit. And you could take. I remember when I had that first of all. I had like a little Sonic game on my VMU and a couple of batteries, and I used to sit and play it on the bus and stuff. It was, it was mad. It was mad. Yeah. <laughs> but I think yeah. It, there was. I mean, there, there were some really good ones they were going to come out with as well. Like ones that were actually good, like a VMU that had MP3s on it. So 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 you could go online to like a Sega shop. Or some sort, or some music shop, and download music onto this special MP3 VMU um, that um, had like a, an earphone um, plug in the top, and actually use your VMU still with the games on it now, but also have MP3s on it. As honestly, yeah. it was just like that's they were, they were going to do something. I mean, if it hadn't sort of, I, I I don't really think it failed, but if it hadn't if it hadn't done some commercially un, un, unwell, that's even the right phrase, then I think there were some great things. There were some great things coming out for it, but yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's, it's the one system that I think everybody now agrees just didn't have the life it deserved. It was, it was forward thinking. I think it was forward thinking. Um, and it's funny you were talking about arcade, arcade feel and arcade games. That was possibly the first time for me, because you know, I was nowhere near lucky enough to, to know anyone that had a Neo Geo, let alone have one yourself. Um, but I remember playing Soul Calibur in the arcade, and then playing Soul Calibur on the Dreamcast, and thinking, yeah, "This is the, the same. same thing." It's the same. It's the first. Yeah, the, apart from the Neo Geo, which, as you say, is slightly different. I mean, that because that was an actual the actual arcade board made into a console for home, so that was actually the arcade at home. But yeah, mm. with the but the but the Dreamcast is very similar to that story of the Neo Geo because the Naomi hardware inside. Um, the Dreamcast is a very slightly modified version of the same board which is mm -hmm. in the arcade machines which is why especially the fighting games which all were made on that Naomi hardware 
why they play so good on Dreamcast. It's that simple. Mm. It was it was like they took this arcade board they made in ninety seven and gone, we'll just make it slightly you know, just, just mod- modify it a bit into a little machine. And it was. And I but that is also the reason why it failed, because people wanted longer story games. They they wasn't interested in arcade games anymore. And that's where Sega missed their trick. It wasn't to do with the hardware being rubbish or the controller being rubbish or anything like that. Yeah, they just didn't catch on to the fact that people wanted longer story-driven games, and Sega well, just think, didn't catch up. They, had, um, they did have Shenmue. And, um, they did have Shenmue, yeah. Games, Blue Stinger. And there's lots yeah. of Japanese games that are longer, yeah. uh, lots of them, that, that again, never made it. But, you know, so, but, but, you know so, so Sega were too focused on fighting games, fast yeah. games, you know, action games, you know, that sort of thing. Because you've just mentioned all these things that Dreamcast had, like Fishing Rod... Um, yeah, what was a karaoke machine, but it d- didn't have a DVD player. And do you think that's something that yeah. possibly well, killed it? No, I tell you, do you know what? No, and I'll explain. I've had this conversation with people. L- 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 let's look at the timeline. The Dreamcast came out in Japan in November 1998. How many of you remember what a DVD was in 1998? I don't remember. I, I know that when I've looked it up, the technology existed, but it was like the players were like five grand and stuff. Mm. It was Sony's technology, and Sony found a way. They were selling those PlayStations for like 50% of what it cost to make them. They knew yeah. that they'd lose loads of money. So that's why I've, yeah the, the dvd thing for the playstation made that very successful but i don't think that's what killed the dreamcast what killed the dreamcast was the fact that sega and other developers didn't cotton on to the fact that people were looking at these kind of longer winded games with you know that that take 10 15 hours to complete rather than arcade games and also the fact they really messed it up by pissing off ea sports not having fifa on it bang done as soon i mean i mean who would but i mean i remember when i was that age I, I cared about fifa i cared about iss and pez and all that i cared about those games and i was like i was annoyed that my dreamcast didn't have fifa 99 or fifa 2000 on or whatever that always annoyed me if you were wanting to get a dvd player which i think well, you know when when the around the time the playstation 2 came out that was like the newest thing to get and i think people were starting to get dvd players then they're a bit more affordable then you can get a playstation 2 for what the same price as a dvd player Maybe yeah yeah i mean dvd then, players were still about sort of 250 300 pound in 2000s when yeah. the playstation 2 came out they were still expensive so the fact that you had a playstation on top of that oh it's game changer but i, 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 I don't think that's the reason that. the dreamcast failed well, but the only yeah. thing is if you get that and you go okay i'm going to get a dvd if i'm going to get a dvd player i might as well get a playstation 2 oh yeah 100 percent got yeah. a console and i think back then like you wouldn't always be able to afford to buy two consoles so i think that would, would have steered more people to the playstation than the dream yeah i mean i mean i i know someone that bought a, a playstation 2 to as a dvd player i actually know someone that didn't care at all about games they just wanted a dvd player and when they went in the shop to get one someone the person obviously mentioned oh to, you know you, you got this on it as well so they obviously thought that's a good idea yeah it changed it was a game changer it was, a, it was the first time we had like proper multimedia console um and that's now how they're sold i mean that you you you, you don't get microsoft saying oh here's our new games console do you you get here's our new multimedia what's mm. it who dingy yeah. it's only really nintendo that keep it as games yeah you know? yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the Switch without a Blu-ray player. I mean, or, or the Switch with a Blu-ray player. That would just be the most bizarre thing in but the world. <laughs> even, yeah. even the Switch now has Netflix, BBC. And iPad, YouTube and all that. Yeah, yeah, they've got all that on it, yeah. 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 
Yeah. There you go. Oh, yeah, it was. Yeah, so I, 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 I think the answer to your question is, no, I don't think that not having a DVD player killed the Dreamcast. I just think it it was a mitigating circumstance once they realised Sony did have one. And let's be honest, Sony weren't going to sell them that technology. That's their competitor. So it wasn't even a thing. There's no way, even if Sega tried, they'd never have got one in there. I wonder if um, Sony's method for basically privatizing blu-ray and allowing people to kind of have that technology was they got burnt so many times with things like um mini disc and betamax yeah betamax <laughs> which would, and all of those things are technically the superior thing but because they were like no 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 we're going to keep hold of it and then if we keep hold of it everyone will buy it um, yeah vhs was cheaper cd was cheaper. yeah if, if, if you try and corner a market you you outpriced the, co the consumer so yeah. sony were very clever to say work with toshiba to make the dvd technology and then then once once playstation mm. 2 had sold bucket loads then they said to everyone else here you go all the sanyos and panasonics and all that and that's when dvd players went from being two two to three hundred pound down to 99 pound straight yeah, away well, that, that, that. Yeah. That. Yeah. <clears throat> vividly and i always remember when the playstation 3 came out thinking and i was one of those suckers because i bought the 360 because the ps3 was taking too long to come out buying the ps3 full price at launch price and then them sort of dropping that price as soon as they prioritized blu-ray and let more mm. people make a blu-ray player they were, then they could cut that system cost right down make a loss on it because they were making so much more money from well just just the, the, the phrase blu-ray really and it's like yeah. oh man i should have waited <laughs> yeah i did you know what I'm, I'm i i when dvds came about i always I, I was impressed with dvds but i always still looked at it as yeah, I mean, it's a bit better, and you can fit more on the discs, like extras and all that, which is cool. But I still didn't think the quality was, like, that much better to VHS. But when Blu-ray hit, that's when I went out and bought a flat screen, bought a Blu-ray player, bought the 5.1 system, because that's when I was like, now this is like being in the cinema a lot more. Yeah. I, I, I mean, DVD was good. Obviously, I've had DVD players here and there and stuff, but I never really got into it as much as when, when Blu-ray hit. That the quality of the and I'm a big film buff. I like going to the cinema and actually studying films and stuff. So like yeah. I never got DVDs to me was always just like eh, it's just like VHS, but you're just adding some extras on and charging twenty quid, you know. Then um, you don't have to wind it back as well. Then if they wind it back, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But the difference between DVD and Blu-ray is is especially now the 4K Blu-ray. It's just it's chalk and cheese. Incredible. It's in yeah. incredible. So yeah. I was Crazy. one of those people that, that adopted HD DVD, and then oh, uh, Betamax, the Betamax of DVDs. It was, <laughs> and it was so good. The and I still think there's there's a couple of Blu-rays and HD DVDs that came out at the time. I think Transformers and yeah. Batman Begins were the two that I remember watch, getting Batman Begins on HD DVD, watching it, blew my mind. The blacks were black, everything was great, and then yeah. Upgrading everything to Blu-ray, getting rid of all my HD DVD, putting Batman Begins in on Blu-ray, and being like, "Why are the blacks fuzzy?" There was just something about it. There was just, it, <laughs> thankfully, it all caught up and everything everything worked out quite well. But mm. I still think HD DVD was the slightly better quality um, device. Hello, hello, hello. Oh, sorry, guys. I've just realised yeah. I've been on this stream and I've had my mic switched on my own stream to um, be something completely different. People are like, can't hear you, Fade. I'm like, what's wrong? No, what's no. wrong? <laughs> Hopefully they can hear me now and it's not creating an echo at your end. No, 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 no you're fine. fine. I, I thought you were going to say that you cashed in on the HD DVD. I remember there's a period where, like, obviously it was going and you would go in somewhere like CEX and they'd have loads of HD DVDs for, like, 50p. 
mm-hmm. of like recent films. Just because I, was, I did think to myself, like, is it worth just getting an HD DVD player, just buying a ton of really cheap HD DVDs before they disappear? I think you've got to be careful. I mean, t- I tell you what, you, that stuff goes in fits and starts, and and I tell you why, and because. I remember there was about 10 years ago when laser discs went absolutely mental and everyone was wanting them because it was cool, like records on film and all this uh, film records and all this sort of stuff. And then all of a sudden people got bored of it very quickly and it all dropped out of the market. I think things like HD DVD would again have that moment where people have nostalgia for it because it's like, oh, I remember my 360 with a with a HD yeah. DVD drive. And then all of a sudden once everyone sort of... St- done all the spin with it and made a little bit of money it would all just drop it. it's like videos they're going through a resurgence again but in a couple oh, of years yeah. time they're all just they're vhs you know everyone's going a little bit crazy for that again but then you know in two years time you won't be able to even throw them in the bin without someone going you can't get rid of them in here you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. vhs yeah. was never good when you think back to it it was never good they used to no. wear out i had like mm. south park the movie on vhs it went around everyone at my college by the time i got it back it was so worn the color <laughs> was gone the sound had gone it was yeah, yeah. So I don't know why people still want to buy them. It's, uh, it's collectible. I'll tell you what, it's because of a lot of the horror movies. Um, you yeah. can't, they, 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 when they now re-release them on DVD and Blu-ray and stuff, they're so cut in different ways that yeah. people just want that original gore. Like, you know, I've, I've still... Obviously, I'm just a nostalgic person. I still have lots of VHSs. And there's some films I think just look better on VHS, like some old comedies and stuff like... Kevin, old Kevin Smith movies and stuff. When you watch them too clean on a DVD or a Blu-ray, it kind of stops what makes it good. I mean, something like mm-hmm. Clerks is a really poorly yeah. shot film. So watching it all cleaned up on DVD or Blu-ray, it's be like, well, I kind of want it to look shit and grainy. I want that. Yeah. That's part. That's part of the look he's going for with it yeah. being crap, and I want it crap. So, so yeah, I, I, I said, I mean, that's like me and my boyfriend watching Weird Science on VHS last night. Now we still have a CRT and a video player set up, and that. we love it. I don't mind. Yeah, you're right. And also, I think a lot of these old films, when they're blown up on our modern 50-inch screens and stuff, it just doesn't look right. And you kind of yeah. you want to see it on that smaller kind of like you know 21-inch CRT or something. I don't know. It's, yeah. it's, maybe it's nostalgia, but I don't know. No. I, I, yeah, you're right. VHS is crap, but I love it. I think I, <laughs> I'll never stop watching it. <laughs> it's funny talking about like cuts of movies. Going off on a real tangent quickly now. I've um, <laughs> recently just bought uh, the Scream 4K for the 25th anniversary of that even though I've got the Blu-ray, which is, you know, a, a very good picture quality of it. But it, I'd read online that this was going to be the first time in the UK that it was going to have the, the unrated director's cut, which, and all it is, I think, is, what is it, maybe eight seconds of extra footage. No, it's a couple of shots or longer. So when um, when Steve dies at the beginning, not Steve. Yes, it is Steve. When Steve Spoiler. dies at the beginning. It is Steve, wow. yeah. Wow, Steve. wow, that's ruined. Don't have to watch yeah. that now. Oh, mate, I'm sorry. If, you, if, if, if Scream is a spoiler, spoiler for you now, I'm sorry, mate. You just, uh, yeah, yeah. to the party. Oh, yes, well, yeah, Scream 2. Like, but then again, the thing Steve is with Scream 2, that's such a cinematic movie, isn't it, that... I think things like that aren't too bad, but I think when you start getting back to films like the 80s and things, and they clean them up too much. I mean, I was watching um, what was the 4K film we watched recently? Watched like ET or something. And I, I mean, don't get me wrong, I, 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 my my imagination is really really good. So when I do see that like, some plastic thing that when you watch it on the sort of grainy VHS, it looked pretty good in the background. And when you see it cleaned up in 4K, it does just look like a plastic like tube or yeah. something rather than some big scientific thing. And I don't, but I think that's where there's a line between. Do we want it to be how it was meant to be when it was made, or do we want everything now to be cleaned up and touched up? And and it's hard, isn't it? It's a hard one. I think it's yeah. Depends, Gremlins isn't it? is terrible on 4K. 
Oh, I bet that is. Yeah, yeah. You see, yeah. Like we, I, I do feel like you've lost something with practical effects. You know, practical effects used to look really good. I used to always like things like you know the dark crystal or labyrinth and things like that. Yeah. Got, like the, the large puppets and that sort of thing. And the you know CGI now does look very real, and they've they've really turned a corner on it now. I think but there was a period where everything was CGI. Like movie CGI was always pretty. I mean, look at like even from Jurassic Park onwards, it was very good. But TV show CGI sometimes left much to be desired. Um, if you mm -hmm. look at something, I don't know, like, um, I always remember like Buffy the Vampire Slayer having some really poor CGI in some bits. You're like, oh, I just feel like practical effects was was taken away too soon. Those sorts of things. Yeah, I miss that. I miss that massively. I, 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 you know, I think just silly films like Little Shop of Horrors. Or well, I tell you what, we was watching the other day. We were watching Back to the Future on 4K, right? And I tell you where it does work well when they tidy everything up when they built the sets. So like yep. things like Back to the Future where they built Hill Valley. They built, yeah. There's no special. Obviously, there is special effects, but it's all. They built the whole thing, and when they and then we were watching now, and then in the background there was bits I never even and I've seen those films so many times, so many times. But now I can see into the distance and things like Hill Valley, and you see the little details of people walking in out of shops and like yeah. a car almost doing things. And you're like, wow! Now I can really see it for the first yeah. time. Where before on your VHS or your DVD, it's slightly blurry, but you didn't care. But it does work sometimes. There's some films yeah. that really can't. And to, so, but I think that's it. It depends. If it was a film that didn't have a good set built then it's going to have this problem of you know i've also you know especially a lot of space films where they obviously just painted stuff up in the background you yeah. know I, I, I a predator 2 is another one we, we watched that recently i think on blu-ray and um some of the backgrounds when they're inside the predator ship it literally is car i didn't realize this but it's actually just bits of wood put up and they've painted 3d objects on it so it looks 3d when you're seeing it but when it's all geared up on the 4k you can just see it so something's painted with shadows <laughs> yeah. and you're like that's spoil it for me now i thought yeah. you actually built the spaceship very clever effects yeah. back in the day to trick me so good for you hollywood but now now I know you lied, and well, yeah. you know, not so good. I mean, Blade Runner was one for me. The the 4K on that and the Blu-ray on that is immaculate. But again, it's miniatures. It's very well made miniatures with incredible lighting on a sound stage, and it just it's still breathtaking. Now I think good good films sort of are timeless. So for me, Blade Runner is timeless. My favorite movie yeah. of all time is The Exorcist, and that mm. that still holds up today. The only thing that dates that, that movie is the haircut and the film stock. That's the only <laughs> outside of that that movie could be it's it's timeless for me and i think that's why that's still yeah good. i tell you i watched it on the weekend 2001 a space odyssey oh, oh i'll tell you what you can watch that now and it's as fresh as a daisy the 4k on that again oh is oh yeah oh there you are that kubrick guy boom yeah nothing. he's the best but yeah he was and he definitely was but we've digressed massively see i told you we go tangents <laughs> yeah. i was gonna say talk, talking of yeah. talking of people who are the best just an update on james from it's much more um <laughs> he's now up he was up on karaoke about 15 minutes ago so um, all right anyone want to anyone want to take a punt on a song that he sang on i think he would have sky no 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 i think he would have done something like uh Trying to think of a good Kylie. Kylie, he seems like a Kylie Minogue kind of guy, James. <laughs> Not, you know. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to chuck Westlife out there just because he went. He went up to see Westlife a couple of weekends ago, didn't he? So I'm going to. I'm going to say. He's just all right. Yeah. So we all with, uh, so we've got Westlife. Elvis. Uh, Elvis. Kylie Minogue. Kylie Minogue. Triangle face. I was going to go with Elvis now. So. Uh... 
I, I, can't, I don't know. He's, he's been, he's been, <laughs> he's been taken. I don't know. Do you know what? He's probably going to miss all this. He's up there now, belting one out like. Yeah. <laughs> he's going to miss it all. Well, but... Okay. How about? Um, full Mariah um, Carey. Oh, what's name like? Um, oh, what's it called? Um, something like Billy Ocean Spandau, or something. Spandau Ballet. Oh, very good. Oh, that's that's good. Yeah, like that. Ryan, where's your pick? I picked Elvis. I picked Elvis. Uh, Mine's gonna be Rick Waller. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, actually, I will go for. I reckon he might, as a tribute, and um, it was very sad news yesterday. Go for Darius Dinesh. I yeah. think he might. Yeah. Um, oh yeah! Oh, didn't that that poor lad die? Didn't he? Oh god, yeah. blimey! Yeah. So I think he might. He might um, do a tribute. Yeah. Do a tribute. Yeah. yeah. James is quite a sentimental guy, isn't he? Yes, he probably does. He James, you have to give us an update. What are you bashing out on the karaoke? <laughs> <laughs> We've moved on from the from the from Blunner's watch. We're now moving into yeah, Jarvis' yeah. watch. We need to know what is. There we go. We're back on. <laughs> When karaoke goes wrong, volume four. He's taking it well seriously. Dorbs takes many things seriously. He's on Elvis. So yeah, hopefully once James is finished and lubricated his throat, you can let us know what he's been what he's been singing. Excellent. <laughs> right. <laughs> Throwing it into our next topic of conversation. We get into, uh, into more throat lubricating and any other pun that can come out of that. Uh, Faith, you are known for being a games journalist. You have uh, written for websites. You've uh, written for print-based articles as well. So, uh, yes, so our next topic of conversation for you is... How did you get into games journalism? If there are if there are people watching, people listening that are sort of thinking, you know what, I would like to get into that myself. Um, yeah, tell us about how you got into it. Yeah, sure. I'll, I'll try and keep it succinct because it, it was a bit of a journey. But um, a bit of background was I was one of those kids back in the sort of eighties and nineties that would uh, that would be almost as enthralled by the magazines as I was the games themselves and. Uh, heroes of mine like julian rignall and p- people like that and all, uh, dave perry who i know you guys have have had chats with us all these kind of people were like uh i loved it because i always dreamed that maybe one day i could like write write something about a video game for one of these magazines skip forward many many years later i did what a lot of people do got a boring job in office did that for pretty much 20 years of my life and got to a point about come actually coming up to three years um the end of august um I just said I can't be bothered with this anymore uh, and just packed in an incredibly good job in Canary Wharf in London and said screw this I don't want to do this anymore I quit and someone says to me well what on earth are you going to do because all you've ever known is to work in an office um, and I said I'm going to become a games journalist and yeah, at first people are like, alright you're clearly having you know you're clearly a bit emotional you, you, you can't handle this job no more let's just see how it goes and I just started writing I started a bl- what what we would call a blog, mm-hmm. which has now turned into a bit more of a proper website in a way. And I just started typing out things. It was basic things, just 
you know my favorite game and practicing writing and reading english books and buying lots of other gaming books and just uh, you know reading through what other people do reading lots of websites and i just started writing and writing and writing i tried a bit of youtube as well because i liked the idea of doing it but that didn't quite work out i'm not a very good editor so that kind of went 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 away pretty quickly um and i just i just thought to myself so i'm just gonna write and it took a took a year or so i was in the meantime i started realizing that i couldn't just become a games journalist. like you can't just go right i'm a games journalist start getting paid money you have to build what i realized very quickly was to be taken seriously and to get writing gigs you have to build up a portfolio like any kind of any kind of person that would do like photography or art or anything like that you have to show the people that run the websites and the magazines that you're capable of doing it. So that's where the blog came from, and mm -hmm. I was doing that. Uh, also, to keep to, to sort of pay, I called that my apprenticeship. So it was like my little safe space to practice my writing and practice thinking of interesting ways to talk about games. And what I quickly realised was that everything that's ever happened with video games has already been written about or a video's been made or books been written or, or whatever so there's nothing new out there that's the first thing i realized so i i learned very quickly if anyone anyone wants to be get into writing about video games is anyone can do it you've just got to realize don't be precious you're not special so when you know you're writing about sonic or mario or whatever all that's been done and you there is nothing new you're going to bring to the table unless you happen to go on a night out and see Yuji Naka and uh, Shigeru Miyamoto having a punch up and you report on that. That's the <laughs> only way you're going to get more information about Sonic and Mario. But no, but in all seriousness, I just decided I'd go for it and I, and I gave myself a limit. I said, I'll give myself a couple of years and if it doesn't happen, I will go back and get the boring nine to five job again. I will just do it because obviously you've got to work, haven't you? Mm -hmm. In the meantime, I started a business importing video games mostly retro games but some modern stuff as well from japan which i then sell vicariously through different channels which i'm sure everyone will be aware of so i do that in the background so i run a fairly successful game selling business which i'm, I'm not particularly interested in it's a bit soulless but you know it pays the bills and i got my f and then i carried on writing now i carried on writing and i was getting a bit desperate at one point um and this is probably about last april may and i was thinking is this ever going to happen for me because i wasn't too sure how to get that first opportunity that first bit of proper paid work all i'd been doing for about 18 months was writing my own little blog thing a few people had said oh do you want to contribute to our website but they're like f free work and stuff but it's just building mm -hmm. a portfolio and then all of a sudden out of the blue i get a message from fusion retro books who are incredibly successful <coughs> retro book magazine company they do all sorts of things they do zap annual crash annuals all that sort of they're very big in the in, in the um retro writing scene if, if we can put it like that and a guy just emailed me i thought it was a bit of a joke he was like i really have been reading your blog today you're like your my own website thing and i'd done a few interviews with people and i'd done some reviews and bits and pieces and he said i think you're amazing would you come and write for us and i was like oh this must be one of my trolls which i'm you know you, we'll talk about that maybe a little bit later and <laughs> um, but but and all of a sudden i was like all right then and he said can i can i phone you up and i was like all right then and all of a sudden i got that chance and what i realized was the hard work and the perseverance of just keeping that blog regular uh, and building the right connections so like commenting on the right people's twitters and facebook's and all that sort of stuff and you know not not sucking up but just building relationships 
Mm-hmm. I, 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 someone asked me the other day, can I, can I kind of help them mentor them a little bit? And I kind of asked them where had they got to, and they hadn't even bothered like messaging or having trying to interview some of the people that would always do an interview. I was like, what about someone like Dave Perry? You can interview him about being on Games Master. He's done it a million times, but it's a nice, easy interview, and all the history's there. And they're like, oh, I've never even thought about that. So if we're going back to how I got into it, it was it was thinking a little bit outside the box, but also enough inside the box that someone can notice it. And when I got that first opportunity, I've never looked back. And since then, I, p- people pay me to write about video games. And it's, it's fascinating. Yeah. And I, I'm very blessed. I'm very blessed. I know I'm never going to become rich. This isn't like some, you know, you, you're not sitting there earning like, you know, grand a year or something. But I, you can make enough to scrape by if you want to. And as long as I've got my side hustle of doing the import gaming, I, I can make a living. I'll never earn what I earn working in Canary Wolf, but I don't care. And um, just, 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 do, and what I'd say is if anyone even has the slightest ambition to do it, just start running. You can go on something like WordPress or other, uh, other um, web sites are available to make a free website and just start typing just start typing it doesn't matter if it's rubbish use grammarly that's a great one or, or you, you know use word and everything and just go for it i yeah. I, I never in a million years if someone has said to me that i would be writing a book and it would be printed and i could look at it and hold it in my hand if someone had told me two years ago that i'd be writing a book about commodore 64 i would have laughed but it's in my hand now you know it's great Excellent. And that you can do anyone. Good. I'm not special. I'm. I mean, yeah, I'm pretty good with English, but you know, it. That's not why it is. You just got to not be precious. Don't. Don't be one of those people that's like I'm special. You see it all the time with these people that, um, you know, think that they're the new best thing. I realise very quickly I'm nothing new. There's a million of me out there, but you just got to keep doing it. And you have to do boring stuff. I sit there like I sit there writing for news websites, and it is boring. People are like, oh, you must, your life must be so good. You must get so many free games. And we spot. Do you know what most of my day is? It's looking at press releases and, and, and tidying them up so I can put them on websites. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, 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 that's the bread and butter. Yeah. But what a great, what a great sort of way to kind of, I guess, to sort of tell people, like, if you want to do things for a living, just kind of go for it. Just, yeah. you know, I, I remember one of my friends used to work for Future. Um, he used to work for PSM3 magazine. Um, and at the time I was in a bit of a, a rut with my work and, and whatnot and there was a job that had come up in future in Bournemouth for uh, I can't remember which which PlayStation magazine they had but they had a, an it would be future there. publishing wouldn't it if it's down yeah. that way wouldn't it yeah it would be yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. and I can't think which which PlayStation magazine they had at the time but their Bournemouth branch were running this one and they had a, a starting um, job in there which is said you know we can we can try and get you in we can get you an interview but the salary is going to be you know half of where you're at um, if not less, and you just kind of need to jump out into space and just try and grab some stars as you fall down. And you're like, oh man, I never, I never went for it in the end because it was, you know, mortgages and families and all that kind of stuff. It just, it just wasn't something I could. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm very lucky. I mean, I'm not going to talk too much about my personal life, but I'm very lucky that I've got a boyfriend who just said to me, go for it. He was like, you're miserable, you're depressed. I mean, I, I don't mind talking a little bit. I, mean, I, I quit this great job in London because while the money was good, it was soulless. Mm. It was just like, yeah. what am I doing with my life? This is not adding to humanity. I'm just pushing buttons on a computer. And I was very depressed. And I, I was going to have to f- get off some sort of work at some point. And I was very fortunate that people around me, like my boyfriend and another friend, were like, look, 
you know just go for it and see where it lands um mm. and, I, and also that the, then the pandemic hit as well so i kind of got a bit more time than i was probably entitled to to help but that was actually a benefit to me personally obviously the pandemic is not good for anybody but for me personally on this journey it was great because it was like well i can't get a new no, no one's going to hire anyone for any job during the pandemic so um i got me a lot of time to sit and write and try a bit of youtube and a bit of twitch and uh, all these different bits and pieces and podcasts and i, I was very lucky during the pandemic um i got um, introduced to the bbc and i go on there now and i sometimes talk on the broadcasting you know about you know if there's a big game come out like halo coming out the bbc will call me up and i'm just like uh you know gets talk on the radio about why it's important and then uh when sir clive died as well and little little gigs like that and i was like living this dream of like wow i'm on radio five live here in the morning talking about sir clive it was just like what <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Awesome, just go for it honestly i'm not special i'm not special it's not like anyone's giving me a leg up or anything it literally was just and you've got to tell yourself you can do it. I I meet so many people at these game shows and they're like, wow, I can't believe you're writing books and magazines and you're on the radio and doing all this other stuff. And I'm like, look, I just believe in yourself. If you don't believe yourself, you can do it. You won't make it. And, um, you yeah. know, I'm, just, I'm I'm still building it. I'm still new. I'm, I'm not anything special. I'm, I'm, I'm doing it and I want to be successful. Yeah, I think that's it, isn't it? It's the drive. If you've got that drive and you're willing to just kind of just go feet first into the into the abyss and see what happens, it's... You know, so fortune does favour the brave sometimes. You just kind of got to, yeah, give it a go. What a wonderful story. As the, <laughs> as the great S Club 7 said, if you've never had a dream, you can never have a dream come true. So, <laughs> there you go. Written by Kathy Dennis, that was. Okay, a bit of trivia. Oh, was it? Oh, all right. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, that's it. Just dream. If you if you can dream it, it can happen. I know, I know all that sounds really cheesy, but it's the truth. Like, I mean, three years ago, I was just thinking, I hate my life because I'm doing this horrible job that's so, so soulless. Um, and now here I am sitting here and I wake up every day and it's like, oh my God, I get to write about more combat today. This is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> and someone's going to pay me money to do it. Like, that's yeah. bonkers. Yeah. Brilliant. That's brilliant. Yeah. I was just going to say, Ronnie, you're now changing your answer for uh, James's karaoke song. Steps. <laughs> yeah, I think you should. I think you should. Oh, that steps. seems like a real James kind of song. Yeah. Steps. Which steps? James, he's, he's gone for it. That's what's club seven. That's an S Club 7 song, not a, not a step song, was it? Was it? Yeah, it was oh, an S Club 7 yeah. song, yeah. yeah. Oh, well, oh, sorry. Sorry that my uh, my, my, my teen, 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 teenage girl pop knowledge has fallen over. Sorry. Ryan, I know you're offended, mate. But, uh, <laughs> I wasn't going to correct you. I'm quite happy for you to... If you think it's step... Wow. You think it's steps? I'll, I'll just sit here quietly. <laughs> this triangle face, who you know, he's made Jarvis. it very awkward. I can see Jarvis banging out a steps tune. I can see him up there doing the tragedy dance. Why not? No, it's he's all doing it. Barely copy and paste. We better find out the answer now. After all this, he's yeah, getting yeah, more yeah. airtime than everyone else. <laughs> not even here. I'd love it if he was like really, really pissed doing it as well. So like, and he thinks he's really good. So that'd be awesome. Let's have a quick, very quick check on Instagram. Is there a story? Has Jarvis popped a story? Up? He has. <laughs> just in case. Just in case. I don't think he has. Quick search. Uh, it'd be tomorrow, wouldn't it? We're gonna miss it. We're gonna miss it. Oh no, you can put it in the comments, honey. Not on there. James, we're itching to know what it is you're banging out there, song-wise. Itching to know. <laughs> he'd, be, he'd be doing steps, I think, because he'd be doing dancing and stuff, wouldn't he? Yeah. 
bit of the tragedy, the tragedy actually. Yeah. What with the old. That's it. Yeah. yeah. The old magic oh, hands, or whatever they call it. Jazz, Jazz hands. Jazz hands, yes, that's it, yes. <laughs> yeah. Keep, right, I'm going to keep an eye on him. I'm gonna, actually, I'm going to do it in another tab. I'm going to keep an eye on what he's doing. <laughs> Jarvis, Jarvis stalking. <laughs> you're making. Do you know what I mean? You just want your own Netflix now. You're just gonna. Re, you're just gonna create it. It's gonna start. It was, poor James Jarvis was being stalked. Yeah. We'll have a look. We'll have a look. We'll, uh, Jarvis watch. We call it Jarvis watch. Jarvis watch. It's on. It is on. Um, okay. So moving uh, into our next topic, you mentioned it was one of the uh, platforms that you have um, that you use now as well, uh, and that is, of course twitch hmm. how did you uh, come to sort of fall into the into the sort of the twitch world or as ryan likes to call them twitchers, twitchers. yeah the twitchers no do you know what do you know what this is this is this this story is actually really endearing like um when i first started going on this journey of i'm gonna gonna try and do this game journalism thing i someone said i'll oh, try a bit of youtube as well and um, I, I the problem with the youtube for me was that when you do something scripted you're either a good actor or you're not a good actor does, does that make sense? So for me, doing the reading out the script, while I could write it fine and the information was great, my delivery was awful. And it was actually, um, I then did a, um, I did an unscripted video where I was like, I'll just try something a bit different because this is sounding so wooden. And I'll try something, and I'll try one where I'll just sort of make it up on the fly. And someone in the comments afterwards said, Faith, I've been watching your videos and um, you doing this one. I can tell it's not scripted and your delivery is so much better. Have you ever been on Twitch? And in my mind, I didn't really know what Twitch was. I thought it was a bunch of 10-year-olds sitting around playing Fortnite and Call of Duty and stuff. That, no, that's what I thought it was, right? I it never even saying I'd ever looked at I'd never been on the website, didn't know what it was. I knew what it was. I knew it was live games being played and people I, I got what it was like from yeah because you, you're in the gaming world you understand things and i started looking at it i was watching it and i was like oh my god someone's playing street fighter 2 oh my god someone's playing mario someone's playing yeah. sonic it wasn't just a bunch of like 10 year olds playing fortnite and i thought i'll give it a go and i i did i just went for it and there was a lot lot a, a lot of um a, 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 a lot of crying and everything was just like how you get this all set up but once you get it going and i know now it's on youtube and all that as well and you got it all live on there haven't you and it's all so wonderful and i just love it now and what i learned was i'm not very good at doing the scripted youtube stuff because number one didn't have the right voice for it or the right acting skills number two i wasn't a very good editor Did, didn't have the patience to make it look pretty um mm -hmm. so i would be much better just doing the information but when i got on twitch People would love hearing me ramble about stuff. Like I, I was amazed at how much people wanted to sit and listen about the history of King of Fighters or the history of Donkey Kong in the arcade. And people would be like, this is fascinating. And I'd just sit there and do these massive rambles about the history of video games. And people just lap it up. Honestly, it's crazy. It's like a big monologue of me just talking about... They give me a top... Basically, so, they, they, they poke me into a topic... Uh, wherever it may be and then I'll just ramble on obviously people other people are involved as well but I just find that it, it was much more in line with my skills and my confidence to do the streaming uh, and also you can just do whatever you want like you know if I want to sit and just play a load of Sonic on a Friday afternoon because I've done my work for the week I can do that and I'll just talk to people as they come in with the 
with the YouTube stuff, obviously, it's, it's, it, the difference with that is, you know, it's afterwards, isn't it? You've made the video, and then people tell you you're an idiot. Whereas with Twitch, they can tell you live, and then you can have it out of them. Be like, well, why is that wrong then? You tell me. Then they're like, well, look at this Wikipedia page, and you go through it with them and everything. Oh, I love it. I think it's great. Yeah. I think it's great. Um, and also, also, it was. It's never. I, I'm never going to make money on Twitch because to make money on these streaming services, you, you really need to put a lot of effort into it. Like yeah. when I mean a lot of effort. I mean I've, I've kind of slowly built up my office with lights and stuff as we've gone to get a, a good thing. But that's about as far as it's going to go for me. The people that make money off it, the effort they put into like transitions and to backgrounds and to the the stuff they do like they'll build stuff like out of cardboard and it's crazy but no it's fun it's a release for me and now that i can sit and play with my friends on some games i love i just i think it's magic yeah i think it's magic yeah it's a great way to because i guess like with my son my son would always watch people do let's plays on youtube like years ago i mean he's 19 he's in germany at the moment seeing some friends but when um when he was starting to get really into gaming and gaming online and the YouTube uh, gaming thing was like exploding everywhere. I just remember him watching people play games and thinking, why are you watching people play video games? Like, why aren't you just playing the game? It's weird. They do. They love it. But it wasn't until Twitch came around and sort of watching people like me, Machine Dean, who I, you know, hope is still in the chat and watching people like that play these games live and you're like ah oh, it's the commentary <laughs> i get it now it's not necessarily yeah, yeah. just the game it's you, you go there for the commentary the banter you know the jokes the good times it just so happens they're playing a video game as well um you know and if you if you're enjoying the game then it's just an added bonus but you generally go there for yeah the, the commentary the you know the the person the personality which is which is fantastic and you know you you've got a fantastic electric personality so i can see why people would would really enjoy coming to watch you you know either talk about games or play games or whatever it is so it's you know i think that's where you know some people do do have a, a good run of it if you've got that magnetic personality yeah yeah no, they do i mean i mean so, so, so a few people have said to me faith if you did this like a lot because i only stream probably probably about six maybe seven maybe eight hours a week if i'm lucky like i'll do three i'll do two hours on a wednesday two hours on a thursday and probably a little bit on a Friday afternoon when I'm on my own and just doing a bit of Sonic or Mario. I like speed running, speed running games. Um, people like watching that that sort of stuff. But yeah, a few people have said to me, Faith, if you actually did this, like did it properly, you might get somewhere. But it's not in my heart. It's not in my heart to to. I, I know it's still doing video game stuff, but it's not in my heart to do like seven hours a day sitting on a camera under mm -hmm. these hot lights. I'm under these very hot lights and like. <laughs> to me i'd rather just sit in my little dark hole and do my typing so but you can do it and as you i mean i don't particularly think i've got a particularly electric personality for doing it but but there are people out there you watch them people like trista bites she's amazing you watch her streams it's just phenomenal and there's other there's other ones i can't remember the names now but there's and you, and, and it is it is it's nothing to do with the game mm. anyone can watch a game on youtube being played it's all about that person and they're yeah. and they, they're and they're so entertaining um, but yeah, it's, it's, not, it's like I was saying about the writing. It's like, if you want to do it, just get into it. I mean, the entry point for being a, a professional writer is you need a keyboard and a computer. Uh, obviously, the entry point to being a successful streamer is a lot of equipment. But, you know. Yeah, I would yeah. say, um, recently, I've been, cause I've been off because of the holidays. I've been streaming um, through, via um, TikTok. Oh, yeah, and, yeah. Um, yeah, and I've had, like, loads, like, there are loads of people coming through but they're like i've got I've now got a little group that actually helped me play the game because i'm playing like 
I've just finished Simpsons Hit and Run. I'm just in the middle of the actual. For some reason, Simpsons games, they love them. I don't know why. But like, they're like um, messaging me now, going, So when you when you next on? When you back on? And I'm like, There you are. That's it. Yeah, it's like. It's mad. It is mad, it is mad, it is mad. And you do, the problem with it though is I'm never going to be a successful streamer because I just don't want to put the time into it. But when you do start making it, you do notice it a little bit where you will get this following. People just, they just like, they they can't get enough. And as soon as you go live, they're on there, they're in it. They're like, love it, yes, you're here. You made my day because you're on live, you know. It's uh, it's a bit weird, but it's also quite endearing at the same time. Yeah, go for it, Blunders. Just, I didn't even even know you could do that on TikTok. I've not even looked at that. I looked at it once and I was just like, no, that's just, I can't even be dealing with that right now. I just did not get what was happening. Lots of kids shouting at me. As soon as you open it, but there's no menu, there's no options, you just, you're just you already playing a video. And I was like, what else is going on? <laughs> so yeah. it takes yeah, a while I to navigate lost. it before like, you know what's going on. Like you were saying earlier about, because um, it's for like, it's more of a younger audience, but there is still people on there like my age. And they're like, last night, they're like, why are you playing a PS2? Why don't you just play it on PS3? And it's like, well, I've got a PS3, but I picked it up to cheat for the PS2s. So I've got to play yeah. it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah. Gatekeepers. <laughs> I think it, it takes a while for the algorithm to learn what you like because it probably looks at laser data like how long you watch a video before you skip it and then when you start following people it kind of gets an idea of what kind of stuff you like and it's all just suggestions but you don't get to you don't go in there and search stuff literally just go boom watch videos so it's yeah, wow. yeah it's real <laughs> hectic hectic platform isn't it yeah mm. Crazy yeah, Blunders, world. Blunders is our our TikTok go to. He just he, he he I think he almost exclusively deals with it because he's kind of jumped into it, navigated it, and gone. Yeah, I'm gonna make this work. And yeah, yeah. great job. I just see lots of like young people dancing on it and stuff. And I'm like, I don't know what's going on here. Like, I like dance as much as the next person, but Blunders well, is you know, do that next week. I think. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll be doing so. Fortnite dances. Even though you were doing some sort of dance as Princess Peach on the camera. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. So, uh, can I just intervene before we get to our final subject? I've got a couple of questions that I've written for um Ooh, Faith. go for it, dude. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. I've got your thoughts on the game Deadus on Evercade. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> so if um, if any of these are, yes this, this is all Ryan it was all Ryan yeah. oh, I don't have an Evercade <laughs> I played one I played one at a game show I thought that's pretty cool um, I never bought one though okay. <laughs> do you mean the game Dadius like the Game Boy game I can't even say it properly <laughs> I thought it was Couch Deadus. Is it Dadius? I've been saying it wrong this whole time. I don't know how you say it. I know the game. I know what you mean on the Game Boy. I don't know. It, 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 I didn't even know it was on the Evercade. <laughs> oh, it is because we spoke about it before. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I know the game. And do you know what? When the guy sent me it to review, I felt really bad because someone in my team reviewed it because he liked the look of it. And then when it came back, I was just like, he's like, I was just like, what? Oh, yeah, that game, crap. Um, no, I've played it since. Yeah, it's all right if you like that kind of game. I'm not really too into that kind of thing. But, yeah, it's a quick, it's well, it's well made. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. And then my second question is, what is your favourite bit of gaming tat that you've ever picked up at a convention? <laughs> oh, right. Well, I, I, I can show you that, actually. Um so uh, there's these there was these right wallies that this one I went to and um 
they really annoyed everyone by going up and going take our tat and there's this this thing that's supposed to be like a uh i think it's but i don't even do you know what i don't know i think it's supposed to be like a coaster like you'd get in a pub um you can't even read the writing on it and like it's falling to pieces and uh yeah just there's complete muppets on it yeah and it's uh by these games called uh, these guys called uh, retro revival gaming live interview so this was the best and this is proper tat i mean this is the lowest of the low as it gets for tat it's awesome yeah, that one these, these were meant to be coming with us as well but i i yeah unfortunately i contracted covid that week and that was when it was still like a no-no but yeah we were meant to be bringing oh, i to try and lean over my mic we're meant to be bringing some of those up with us as well Oh, little pins! Oh, yeah, we meant to be oh, having. Oh, wow, they're cool. Now that's not tat. That's cool. Yeah, the uh, the uh, the old tat situation. I mean, um, yeah. <laughs> Don't want your tat. That was so funny. Yeah. We're always coming up with new ideas, new new things to make into tat. So there'll be, you know, OLL twenty twenty three. You retro wait. gaming revival pogs. No, no, do you know the one that people really oh. hate is when you make up really crappy little like a, I think is it would it be a five little leaflets and that, and make them look really crap. Like make them like almost like paper, like printed out of like an inkjet or something as well, and then yeah. and then go up and give everyone your tat, and they'll just be like, "What are you doing?" Yeah, make sure all the fonts in Comic Sans as well, all of that good stuff. Yeah, yeah. make sure it has that really weird like nineties school smell. We're like, "What's that?" <laughs> yeah, the Comic Sans or Word Art. You need to do some stuff Word there. Art. Yeah, bring Word Art back. Babe. Word Art, bring that back. <laughs> well, um, it's just a. <laughs> yeah, just, just a bunch of symbols. Ain't got a clue it? what it is. Huh? There was a, oh my god! Just speaking of that, because I've not heard that font mentioned for a long time. Uh, not soon after nine eleven, someone said, "Type in the flight number for that flight and put it into a oh, um, wording or whatever yeah. it is." And it comes up with some fucking weird shit. So for anyone, yeah, it was like a skull and crossbones and like two eyes, wasn't it? And it was yeah. like, oh. one of the <laughs> things. Oh man, that that, that was font, awful. That font, man, you, you just brought back a memory from like 2001 right there and everyone was like microsoft's in on it it's like yeah i just don't, don't think that's <laughs> yeah, you not. do realize there's just crazy people yeah, like bill gates was in in on coronavirus wasn't he bill oh, of course of course he was yeah, oh, yeah of course. That's it. i'm not i'm not getting my vaccine i'm not being injected with little microbots that are going to control me <laughs> Get out of town. Get back in the sea. In the <laughs> I really hope if that did happen, you know, someone is watching me at the moment thinking, God, he's interesting. Look at this. He's on a YouTube stream. And, yeah, yeah, this is well good. This this is it. We're living the life. Yeah. <laughs> I think since my booster, my Bluetooth signal has been really good. <laughs> Actually, I suddenly got 5G and I didn't even have a 5G phone. That's well good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's amazing. We've been able to drop our Wi-Fi boosters in our houses and all sorts. Of yeah, <laughs> yeah, and you can take off that little, uh, that little, um, that little metal hat that you had, the uh, little tinfoil hat. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's all gone. It's permanently transmitting now. It's fantastic. That's uh, awesome. Right. So our last topic for you is uh, something oh. that um, we've started asking people as they come on, and this is our little tribute to Rick Waller. And it is uh, the little segment we call Waller's Remasters. So right. we ask uh, everyone that comes on to pick, um, you can pick one game, you can pick up to three games that you think deserve to either be remastered or remade for a modern audience. 
and it can be deserve like yeah, the your... game's actually good in the first place or just what in I your... want. Oh, your opinion. <sighs> Remastered. Gotta be careful here. I think that they should remake Star Wars Rogue Squadron on the N sixty four. Okay. Because yep. this is the best N sixty four game by a country mile. And um it just kind of gets forgotten. When you get these people go, my favourite N64 or these YouTube videos with the best N64 games, they never seem to put it on there. But it's just genius. That game should be remade. I know they've done kind of games like this anyway on Xbox now. But this actual game with this actual missions, I would pick that. Because it was just one of those unsung heroes of... The N64 shit anyway, right? So, like, you know, you've got to have a couple of good games on it. And there's This is one. But I'd go for that. Excellent choice. I don't think anyone has sure. picked Rogue Squadron. Oh. Oh, so I'll tell you what as well. I'll tell you what, if we're going to do up to three, Go this game as well, actually. This, maybe not remade, but they need to get another loaded game out. Loaded. Oh, These were mental. Yeah. They're yeah. really fun to play now. Loaded and reloaded. They, they This whole series should just be brought back to life. They could just... They, yeah, these would be good. Just proper... Especially where a lot of people like these twin-stick shooter type, you know, uh, what do they call them? Um, rogue lights, whatever they call them, you know. Yeah, right, okay. Loads of people like those kind of indie games, don't they, on Game Pass and stuff. That's perfect. Remake that one. Yeah. yeah I don't think we've ever had loaded before either. No, yeah. no, no. no. There we go. This is all our little dedication to, uh, to Rick Waller. Who? What, what did he pick? He picked Rockstar Ate My Hamster, which is a game that none of us had heard mm. of at the time. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah, that's excellent Dark game Seed. on the Spectrum. Yeah. yeah. Dark Seed yeah. was another one on the Amiga. Yep. Dark Seed, that rise the Amiga. Oh. Was it Biometric um, Toy or something? I can't remember the name of the title right now. Oh, yeah. I don't know that one. Oh, I can look that up. It picked Dark three games that I'd never game. heard of. Brilliant. But yeah, that Rockstar really Ape we were at that point, I think we started campaigning to get it put on the Evercade because <laughs> it just it felt like a game that would do well on that system. I think they need to do a proper... I, mean, I know they've done a few Spectrum games on the FK, but they need to do just games like that, like Rockstar, Hamster, all the ones that were like pretty bonkers and that, that you just couldn't release today. What was the yeah. school one? School Days? That was fun. Oh, that, that, yeah, that was, was better than that bully game on the PlayStation. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was... Yeah. Um, for its time, it was very um, good. Yeah, it was like the just it was just like play, controlling characters out the Beano or something. I miss times like that. I just I just think with games, right? I just think they're so overly complicated now. Like I was I, I sat down to play this game. I've got um, Games Pass on my on my PC, and it was like it looked it just looked like a simple third person action game, right? That's what it looked like in the video. So like you know, oh, I've got a sword. And I'll hack and slash and I'll run around and I'll find some treasure or kill a boss or whatever. And I wanted that. That's what I wanted. It was, I think it was like a Saturday afternoon. I was waiting for some football match to start or whatever. So I downloaded it. Started playing it. Within 10 minutes I've got hold RB to do this and hold down Y and push. And I, within 5 minutes I was just like this is too much. I just wanted to tap buttons and run around yeah. and just look at minotaurs and kill them and goblins and stuff. <laughs> this is This has now just become some big thing. Where I now need to like, oh, make sure you do a secondary hit on this and do a slice for that and uh, da, da, like make sure I dodge and all. And I was just like, this is too much. Oh, that's my thing with video games. This is why I, I this why I'm so stuck in the retro world is because of that. Where we have to have all these remakes and stuff, and they're all so overly complicated and mm -hmm. everything happens. If I just make a video game that's easy to play, still make yeah. it hard and loads of stuff to do. 
Just make it simple. Let me play it. I don't. The way I see it, if a game needs a tutorial that takes more than two minutes, it's failed. Mm. I could run with that. I think one of my favourite things of everyone. I think it was in Abe's Odyssey. I was doing the whole thing when you first buy a game, you're just reading the manual before you get a chance to play it. And there's a bit at the front that said like. Uh, the how you turn on your PlayStation and plug it in, like it's normally at the front. I just had a yeah. thing on there saying, if you can't figure out how to turn your PlayStation on, you're not going to get on very well with this game. You're going to fight, or something to that effect. It's like, you're not going to be able to play this game if you can't even turn it on. So don't bother. <coughs> and they just replaced that section with that instead. I thought that was quite funny. That's good. I thought that was the kind of humour of the game. So that's, that's good, isn't it? I like, do you know what? I miss manuals. I, I know, sort of, it's quite right that with things like, you know, reducing carbon footprints and all that having big manuals but it is sometimes that is part of the experience i remember you know who remembers getting a new game when they were a kid and being on the bus home or in the car or whatever home and reading it and yeah. being like you knew you knew you knew the game back to front before you'd even put it in your console yeah yeah, yeah. i always remember the big thick manuals you used to get with like the fifa games on the mega drive oh all the languages really yeah. yeah really chunky <laughs> like a book that was put in there the compendium <laughs> compendium <laughs> for FIFA, and then literally you just like yeah. I mean that's it. I but I miss that. Like I, I was playing FIFA. I, I um it was it a, it was the yeah the, the latest FIFA like a demo on on my Switch or something. It didn't play very well, but that's because it's on a Switch, not because it didn't yeah. play well. But even just even that now, I mean it started football games started getting a little bit complicated um, around kind of PES five FIFA two thousand and six kind of era like a bit more stuff to it but nowadays it's like there's so much going on with the controls now it's like i like that that they're trying to add so much in but it's almost like they're adding stuff in just to say they've got new stuff rather than it actually mm -hmm. makes it better mm -hmm. i have never once learned how to do the skill stick button yeah, on a fifa game and that's oh the aftertouch like yeah, yeah i've never learned any of that all the real physics they put in and then they just started like <laughs> planting the floor in them <laughs> yeah, I, 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 yeah, I, I was, um, yeah, I, I don't mind that. I, I, I think, I think it's like there is a place for games to have realism. They haven't all just got to be fun and basic and get through it. I do think that you know, you've seen some of this VR stuff. I mean, I've, I've not done too much VR. Um, really, um, but you're seeing some of that now, like with the flight simulators and stuff. And it, games have got to a new point. And I think we're, I think you know, like right at the start when we started chatting, we were talking about how during the mid 90s when games developers were breaking out of this like 2d comfort zone where they mm -hmm. had, they had perfected pixels hadn't they like let's be honest some of the games 2d games on like the snes and mega drive like things like gunstar heroes and donkey kong country and stuff they'd mastered all that stuff and then that breaking into the 3d world was very you know it's hard it was hard for the games industry at that time the games were, were difficult to control they had bad cameras and all this stuff that we remember and i think right now like the last year or so we are in another sort of stage like that where the games developers have been forced out of their comfort zone and they have to bring everything to another level with mm. vr and loads of different stuff to do and loads of characters and the game's got to be a million hours long and you've got to have all this download stuff and i think we're, 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 we'll look back in 20 years time i think this was another critical point where our games changed you know yeah. the metaverse is coming and all that i know people aren't talking about the metaverse in terms of gaming but let's be honest as soon as facebook sort all that out and people start getting used to it the first thing they're going to be doing is playing games in it with each other that's all they guess yeah, what yeah. they're going to be doing yeah i do think there's a lot of things with vr that i think do um go back to the retro kind of style of playing games and there's a lot of good retro content in vr as well like doing 
um, I've been playing Resident Evil 4 in VR, um, and that's been great. It's like playing through Resident Evil 4, but in VR. And then you get a few like um, different first-person shooters and things that you can play the VR version. There's also like you got a way you can get a virtual boy, like sort of a new VR headset. But a lot of VR games I've got are like the roguelike games. It's the pick-up-and-play games, games you can complete in like a few hours rather than a yeah, few yeah. weeks. Like they, they're that quicker, shorter experiences. I think a lot of that is just like motion sickness and things like that. There's yeah. a lot of games are made shorter experiences. Mm. Um, but in a way, I quite like that because you're getting a shorter game, you're not paying as much for it, and like you can enjoy it and then move on to your next game rather than being sucked into like, a really long campaign. Yeah, mm. maybe we're getting back to it. I do think there's a lot of apathy for these long games. I mean, I know a lot of people complained about that Elden Ring, not because it's not a good, well-made game, but a lot of people have said that game... You could have just made it 10 hours long and it would have been amazing. But you made it 50 hours long and you may just trudge through so much stuff. Hard game as well. Not like one that you can just blitz through quickly and skip bits. It's hard. And like people are like, it's too, it's too much. And I think there's a lot of apathy. And that's why I think things like the Game Pass and the VR with all these smaller indie games. that Exactly like you've, you've said, Face, where it's like smaller, um, you know, shorter games. I think that is coming back. And... I'm all, all the more for it because I keep seeing all these great games I review. Like people send me, oh, can you review this for our magazine? And it's like, yeah, you have a look at it, and it's a short little game. I love it. I had this mm. one recently. It was called like a Gibbon Ape game or something. And basically, it was very simple controls. You had left and right, and you literally just use the arms of an ape to swing through trees. And if you fell down, you'd be on the ground, and you have to scramble your way back up into the trees and get going again. And it was just like. This is great. The whole thing, I completed the whole thing in about three hours, but I didn't care. I was like, that was a really nice journey. I didn't feel overwhelmed. I enjoyed it. I didn't feel like I had to learn a whole world. I think gaming will come back, especially with things like the metaverse and things like TikTok, where the attention span of people are dropping again. I think we've gone through this revolution of we want realism in our games. We want them to be movie-like. We want them to be in-depth with big, long stories. I think people are getting away from that. I do. I think they're going back to, I want this now. Yeah. It'd be no, great yeah. though, because it's going to give it. Will, I'd like to think it would give things like Elden. Because I, I, I was, I still am big into Elden Ring, but the trouble is, I, I hit a point, and I have to put a pin in it, and and play other things because otherwise, I would just still be playing Elden Ring right now. Um, I think I've got about seventy hours in, and it was like, right, oh, I've got to put a pin in it because I've got 70. to finish some other bits. Went back, did a whole bunch of smaller games. Went back into Elden Ring for another thirty hours. And I'm still I'm still enjoying the hell out of it, but I've got to put a pin in it again because it's like you say it is a difficult game. It can be quite a stressful game. I then went from that to Martha is Dead to, to doing Cuphead again and refusing to get anything less than an A minus in every boss. I've had all these really stressful games <laughs> that are fairly long to the point where I've actually just picked up Two Point Campus, and that is just the best game for me right now because it is so chilled out it's so relaxed it's basically theme park or theme hospital but with new graphics and a nice easy control system and i'm just sat there playing it on the sofa and you can you can lose yourself in it for 10 minutes you can lose yourself in it for 10 hours it just it's just an absolute joy to play and that's i think it, it going back to that more that simple time when games yeah, had a you know a little bit of a learning curve or had had a good control system to them but ultimately it was it was a nice experience it, it, like you say it's either short or yeah yeah I, and i hope that will enhance both types and there will always be a there will always be a place for the long rpg style game because people do enjoy stories in games there will always be that but i think we've kind of lost a little bit 
of the fun in games. I'm talking very general. I'm not saying I'm not saying something like Elden Ring isn't fun. Of course it is. I've I've played it and it was it was fun as hell, like whacking a big sword at zombies and stuff and all that, whatever. But 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 I think we've kind of lost a little bit about what made games so popular when they became popular. Before they were just like geeky kids' toys, and then we kind of went through this resurgence of it becoming popular because they were fun. And I think a lot of a lot of games. I'm 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 a little slightly spoiled position. I do see a lot of different games. A lot of people might not see because I review a lot, you know. And I've, obviously they have to give me the game code or whatever. And I'm you know, I'm, and I'm also forced to play it as well. So you know, if it's crap, I can't just go that shit and move on to something else. I have to still sit and get you know, vast blasty through it. And I do see that. I think we've just lot. I think I think a lot of developers concentrate so much on trying to do different things and trying to stand out and be innovative. They kind of just forget what gaming is about. Mm-hmm. It's about having fun, and mm-hmm. they, you know, and I, yeah, yeah. same with our film industries as well. I think they just people just try so much to stand out, and be different, and they kind of forget why they're making it. Yeah, mm. yeah. Last tangent, just because you mentioned film again, I went to see Nope last night, and uh, that's been quite divisive. But I really, really enjoyed that. If anyone's looking for a cool movie, go see Nope. Very, very cool. Mm, very good. <laughs> right, Faith. We have kept you a little bit longer than we said we would. Um, Sorry about that. <laughs> it's all right. No, honestly, I'm not doing anything except sitting here playing Fantasy Star once this finishes up. I'm, I'm enjoying it, to be honest. Yeah. I'm enjoying it, yeah. No, it's been, it's been wonderful to chat to you. It's been wonderful to meet you. Everybody else got to, uh, to meet you at OLL and came back with all these wonderful stories. Look at that. <laughs> Beautiful. Look at that. Oh, that was a good night. That was a good That's night. That's oh. a good night. I like the fact that Dorbs managed to still take his trophy with him as well. <laughs> there it is, proud of place. He's not put that down. Still proud of trophy. He brought it to work. <laughs> me, me, Dorbs, and Ryan all worked together, and I, I came into work after um, I got the all clear from COVID, and uh, he brought it in with him. Like, Look at that. Yeah, yeah, proud of place. Hello, hello. You went on the train home. He had it. Out the whole journey home on the table and the train <laughs> in the <laughs> coffee shop. When you're a champion, you've got to show off these things, you know. <laughs> if, you've got, if you want a title, if you know Pete Sampras won a tennis title, he's not going to put it in his attic, is he? He's going to have it on display. <laughs> 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 the arrogance here, like, oh yeah, is that, is that, is that what the cat is? Yeah. Is that is that's that what the cat's all about? <laughs> so you pee sand for us, did he? No, he always had no, he's Andre, was it Andre Agassi? Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, they're not gonna put him in the you know, in a drawer somewhere, are they? They're gonna have him pride a place on display. <laughs> so you're almost <laughs> covering <laughs> Tim, you're Tim almost covering yeah. Tim. Yeah. I'm sure Tim said it's been photoshopped there, it looks like it's been photoshopped in. He's been photoshopped in at the back, yeah. Yeah, but no, that was a good laugh that night. Ah, oh, that's a good photo. That's a, that's a really, that was a good night. It was, hopefully, night. hopefully, we can we can do it all again in, in 2023. Um, but no, Faith, thank you so, so much for joining us on our little slice of the internet. It's been wonderful to chat to you. It's been wonderful to, to get to know you. Um, like I say, it's um, yeah, it's always good to meet new people, certainly for me. I know the other chaps have gotten to meet you, so it's nice, nice to, to, to finally meet you as well. Um, yes, hopefully we can get you on again at some point. I know we're building up to, to you know the, the big C now at the end of the year. We're, we're moving on towards Christmas. We're going to be hopefully trying to put together a Christmas special like we did last year. So... We will definitely be in touch. I would think about. Uh, oh, yeah. happy! You know, I've really enjoyed this. Not, I will happily come back and um, yeah, talk about other things. Yeah, no problem. Good wonderful, wonderful. <laughs> wonderful. Um, it's been great fun. 
Thank you, everybody, for being on. Thank you, everyone in the chat. It's been a really engaging chat. There's lots of uh, lots of funny conversations all going on in there. I didn't realise that someone is now PS4 Neil. I'm sure I saw someone called PS4 Neil. This person's. Uh, you, you talk about trolls. We, we yeah, we have someone who just seems to have a variety of Neil accounts. Oh, do you know what trolls are great? Do you know? I I, I think sometimes, 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 you know, it's. It, you know, I, I know. I know this is this is not the PC thing to say, but I think trolls are great. I, I think they make me laugh so much. I'm I'm up for a bit of banter and stuff all the time. So as long as they're a clever troll. You've got actually something to say. I don't mind it. I don't block them or anything because yeah. I'm up for it. But yeah, no, in general though, just block trolls. Just general. <laughs> yeah, let them live <laughs> under the bridge. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, right before we go on another tangent, I will, I will, I will bring it to a close. You can jump on Fantasy Star. Everybody else can can grab on with where they're at. So thank you again, Faith. Thank you everyone for watching, and we will see you all very, very soon. Yeah. Good evening. Bye bye.